Algar Productions. Welcome to the Death of Podcasts. I'm Al, and this is Amanda. Hello. And we're making our way through Terry Pratchett's Discworld series, one book at a time. This month, we're discussing book 15, Men at Arms. Yes. Yes, we are. Yay. Yes, we are discussing it. You guys, it's so good. Yeah, and... You like the witch books a little better. I like the Nightwatch books mm-hmm. a little better. But it, we're, we're talking distinctions between one is a nine and one is a ten, and yeah. our positions are swapped. Like, we both love both of those series very much. Oh, so much. I could have ice cream or a different type of ice cream that also doesn't have marshmallows on it? <laughs> hmm. Oh, and see, I like marshmallows, Yuck. so we're, we're good. Gross. But, uh, yeah, we were we were very excited to read this. Let me, let me tell you what happens. On the eve of Captain Vime's retirement, the Ankh-Morpork Nightwatch brings in three new recruits, Cuddy, a dwarf, Detritus, a troll, and Angua, a werewolf. The expanded watch investigates a series of murders involving a metal tube that fires lead pellets using number one powder, also known as a gone. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you did the w joke. Yes. It was pretty good. That's, that is that is a good joke. It, he, he did it to good effect in, in the book where... They're talking about like, oh, we have to bring on yeah, more it's affirmative action. Yeah, of the different uh, people in the city, mm-hmm. and uh, everyone's like, you know, a whoa werewolf. Yes, yeah. We have to, we have to have a troll, and we have to have a dwarf, and we have to have a werewolf. Yeah, it was very good. Yes, uh, it was. It was actually it's a good werewolf bo- joke, and it's a werewolf joke I haven't heard before. And you've read every werewolf. All book the there werewolf is. books, and I've read. No werewolf books except these. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but they—he <laughs> did do the uh, uh, being a werewolf the same as having your period joke, mm-hmm. but he only did it once. And that yeah. joke I have seen a hundred thousand times. Yes, uh, particularly in Ginger Snaps, which is that's what that's about. That's yeah. the whole thing, right? And of course, the Terry Pratchett version of that would be Gingerly Snaps. Uh, of course, of course. How does yes. he do it? Uh huh. Um, werewolf books are a thing that happened to other people. <laughs> Other people in this room. <laughs> that is that is true. There's a lot going on in this book. So many things happen, but it's not confusing. No, the the thing I like the most, this isn't actually my good thing, it's just the thing I like the mm-hmm. most, is it is nonstop. Like, mm-hmm. there's so much world building. There's so many, it almost feels like sketches, except they're all mm-hmm. related. And there's new bits and new, like, just... After- and- We've seen the city before, like mm-hmm. rin- the Rincewind oh, books. Sure. Some of those were sort of a guide to the city. Oh, but and we had another the... guards book, and yeah. But and the, that was fine. And like um, the Esk yeah. book brought us to the yeah. But, but this is the first time the city's really felt alive to me. Yeah, it felt very ev- full. Every edition is funny. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, and because we've read the whole series mm-hmm. before, we know a lot of it is like paid off later is setting up things there's the first appearance of so many things so that many show up things. later and i didn't remember that so much of this stuff started out so early like yeah. um there's some jokes about the post office that they yeah. come back in the post books and there's mm-hmm. um where they talk about glom of knit and mm-hmm. uh and there's um coom valley which becomes a major major that's the cornerstone point. of thud which is yeah. my favorite book and it's already here and the the joke is that the trolls thought the dwarves ambushed them and the dwarves thought the trolls ambushed them. So it was the only war in which both sides ambushed each other. Yes. And not really a spoiler for Thud. We find out that that's true. Mm-hmm. We, we don't we're like no, neither side is really vindicated. That mm-hmm. ends up just being true. And that's such a major plot point for the dwarf and troll relations later on but it started out so early in the series i had no idea now you've read obviously way more fiction or uh, mm-hmm. way more fantasy than i have i've read 
everything. Well, everything written by a woman. Everything written by a woman and everything about 17th century sex. Right. That that doesn't really apply to yeah. what I'm about to say. Uh, obviously, because I know this from science fiction, mm-hmm. using different species to represent mm-hmm. different like cultures of mm-hmm. human like that's that's an old trick yes. that's been around for at least a hundred years mm-hmm. probably a lot longer and often done to cringeworthy effect i mean oh. you know i i co-host the only podcast that has reviewed all of star trek star mm-hmm. trek has done a very bad job of that a number of times oh it's and, hard to watch and a decent job a couple of times sometimes yeah but the i think he does this very well mm-hmm. like it's never like Trolls equal this ethnic group. Mm-hmm. Dwarfs equal this. I mean, every now and then there's a little bit of, okay, there's some of this in there. There's some of that. Like the dwarves, obviously, because all of that lore comes mm-hmm. from sort of Scandinavian, like Norse mythology and all that stuff. There's a little bit of that here and there. That's true. But he also takes some um, religious elements mm-hmm. from a couple of different religions yeah. and uses that. Like uh, Orthodox uh, religions, uh, yeah, no, it's you, it's a it's it's a nice pastiche. it's a pastiche, and that's a lot easier to swallow because yeah. you don't have to. It's not just yeah. like oh, these oh. these rep- these are these guys, and these oh. are, no, and there's one or two that, like lines mm-hmm. that are like oh, don't do that, please stop. But for the most part, it's a very good analog of just these are two fantasy races mm-hmm. that historically don't get along, and this is my good thing. Uh, specifically, the dwarf and the troll officers, uh, oh, Cuddy and Cuddy Detritus. and Detritus. This is my favorite thing about this book. It's one mm-hmm. of my favorite things about this entire series. Like, and there's so many things going on with it. Detritus has been around for several books. Mm-hmm. He has bounced around from job to job. Mm-hmm. He was like the the bouncer at the um, the the tavern, I think, in the, the very first drum, book. Yeah. yeah, and then he was in moving pictures mm-hmm. and. Terry Pratchett mentions this. It's not just one of the, like every now and then there's a name he likes that mm-hmm. he'll use again and again. It's not that in this case. This is the same detritus. Mm-hmm. He even says, I don't know. I've tried doing this. I've tried mm-hmm. doing this. My girlfriend, who we've also met before, Ruby, yep. yeah, says, I need to settle down and get a good job. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm here. And he's big and stupid. And we'll get to that in a sec. And then Cuddy is a new character. The evolution of their friendship is so completely natural. Mm-hmm. Like there's so much, it's given most of the book to breathe. And they refuse to work together. Then they begrudgingly work together. Then they find some common ground. Mm-hmm. Then they're really friendly. And then Cuddy dies and Detritus is sad and angry. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. And it's a buddy cop yes, story. Yes, it which absolutely is fits that. into the Night Watch cop thing. Oh, but he it pastiches also, so much mm-hmm. cop stuff in and it always works. But it also works with their two uh, fantasy races that don't. Get oh yeah, like the classic, have, yeah. the classic thing is like you know uh, a person of color mm-hmm. and a white dude, like mm-hmm. a lethal weapon, or like uh, what is it, uh, Jackie like Chan and um, Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker, yeah, yeah that's, like, and that's based on some old East meets West like right. exploitation yeah, there's, films. There's like that's a that's a long-standing mm-hmm. tradition, yeah. and it's it's so good. And the scene where they start coming around on mm-hmm. each other, specifically. Well, is. first they start coming around on each other because Sergeant Colon looks at them and goes, oh, none of you guys are going to make it in the watch. It yeah, you're just, all useless. It should just be men. By men, they mean, he means... Human. Hum, human, but also... Also men. Also dudes. Yeah, yeah. So, but that's where the three of them, including Angua, mm-hmm. like, 
bond a little bit, mm-hmm. but specifically the two of them when they go out on patrol together. Um, there's a bit where Detritus is excitedly discovering that he can count. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you're a stupid troll. You can't even count. And through the course of the conversation, they work out, oh, he can count. His brain just works differently. And there's, and there's a different counting. Trolls have a different counting system. Well, that's, yeah. Yeah. It's it, because uh, he does this clever thing where because trolls are made of rock, their their brains are silicon. So he does this whole riff on computing. Mm-hmm. It's base two. It's binary. Right. He counts, uh, you know, in like I, I can't duplicate yeah. it off the top of my head because math is terrible. Like Alice in Wonderland, two and two and two and two and two and two and two. The Carol Channing fans, oh, they're going to love it. Uh, okay. Hi, one person, I guess, probably. You're going to love it. Yeah. Write in and say how good it is. But write where? We we don't give them an email address. Write in. Yes, write, just write it in. Just, just write it in. Write it on in. <laughs> no, it's just, it's it's when Cuddy's like, wait a minute, you can count. You're not stupid. Mm-hmm. We're just, we're not approaching this the right way. You're actually smart. And it's so, like, Detritus is so excited mm-hmm. and Cuddy's so excited if for him. If you can him. count to two, you can count to anything. Yes. Yeah. And then he's, like, counting the cobblestones and counting the bricks and buildings. And oh, it's it's just so sweet. And mm-hmm. Detritus's whole arc, like, I'm literally tearing up thinking about it now. I can see it. I can see the tears. He's It's so sweet because he's a big dumb guy, but he's not dumb. Mm-mm. He just needs to find where he fits. And... Um, we also find out that trolls are meant to be in a cold environment like computers. Yes. And they don't do as well in hot environments yeah, like and, the and city. It's, it fits in with the established... Silicate brain. That and also the established history of the trolls living in the mountains mm-hmm. and being stupid. And the, in the earliest books, turning to stone, like mm-hmm. the, the hill trolls still do that mm-hmm. at night. Or no, at during day. the day. Yes, because they're too hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the city ones have evolved so that that doesn't happen, but they slow way down. Mm-hmm. And it's great because at first you're like, oh, I guess he just changed trolls. I mm-hmm. guess they don't work like that anymore. No, it all fits together, mm-hmm. actually. And that was a nice sort of no prize, weave yeah. it together, yeah. stitch it up. That's that's my preference mm-hmm. is like make it all one big tapestry. And if it, if it doesn't fit, ah, who cares? But it's nice. And they have this whole scene where they're locked in. It's called the Pork Futures Warehouse. Mm-hmm. Which is where pork eventually exists. Vetinari, the the patrician, mm-hmm. has this this absolute rule that metaphor. He hates metaphors. No metaphors. Yes. Only actuals. Like if yes, actuals. Actuals is what it's called. Uh huh. Um, boy, we're hitting all your greatest hits today. Yeah. Just hit because the ship is terrible. Because and you're, the ship is terrible. Not a punchline. <laughs> um, but uh, the the because you can't trade in futures. Mm-hmm. Like that's a that's a thing. You know, we do in the real world. Yep. Based on the potential of a of a commodity existing, mm-hmm. that's not a real thing. And he's and like, he, absolutely not. No. And so, and it's a magical city. Yes, because it's magic. There's a warehouse where pork starts coming into existence, mm-hmm. and you just have to wait for it. And, and it's very cold. It's very very cold. And when it's cold, Detritus suddenly becomes a genius mm-hmm. and starts scrawling the, the, like the equation to solve life. Mm-hmm. And he writes equals, and then they open the door, and he goes back to normal. Mm-hmm. And, Cuddy's like, equals, equals what? Equals, equals what? what? Yeah. I don't remember. <laughs> and uh, Nigel Planer does this wonderful Scottish accent mm-hmm. for him. So every time I think Detritus, I think Scottish. And when we switch audiobook guys, that guy's great too, but his Detritus he doesn't kill him Scottish. Mm-hmm. So, you know. But no, and uh, this is really largely, it's a, it's a very Detritus heavy book. This book is less about Vimes and more about 
carrot and detritus. Yeah, Vi- Vimes goes away for a good chunk of it. Yeah. And I love him. He's my favorite character mm-hmm. in this whole series. One of my favorite all-time fictional characters. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to miss him because... Everything else is so good. Because Terry Pratchett's building the team. Mm-hmm. Later books are going to be about the whole watch, primarily Vimes. But now you understand the team that's backing him up. And if they're not in it as much, you know who these guys are. You were talking earlier about how this is about Detritus finding his place in the world. Yes. And his place in the world is as a sergeant. Yes. And he almost immediately yep. gravitates toward that. Just yelling at you horrible troll, you horrible man, you get in line, you salute the sergeant, da 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 And uh, later on, they talk about how some people are just born sergeants, yep. and that is what Detritus is, and he finds his place here. Yeah, in the in the third act, when everything goes nuts, mm-hmm. and the, the watch has technically been stood down, mm-hmm. Carrot, because he's Carrot, mm-hmm. because he's the rightful king, mm-hmm. which we'll talk about mm-hmm. more in a minute, um, says, okay, but the rules say we can make a militia, so we're just going to start go drafting people, and because... There's there's tension between dwarfs and trolls. We don't want to just have too many dwarves or too many trolls. So we e- want to reach parity. Yeah. So one for one. So Cuddy, I'm deputizing you to find more guys and Detritus, like same. And so they get to be in charge of guys, and he loves it. Mm-hmm. He's so good at it, and it's so great. Uh, it's yeah. It's 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 his place, yes. and all of that bouncing around from job to job. This is where he belongs. Yes, and Cuddy. Uh, before he gets killed, mm-hmm. uh, builds him a little cooling helmet mm-hmm. to make him think better. So still a little stupid, but not uh, Yeah, but now but he better. can... Yeah. yeah, exactly. And it it tracks, too, because Cuddy's a dwarf, mm-hmm. and they build things, and he worked with a relative mm-hmm. who tinkered with, you mm-hmm. know, machines and or devices, they called them. So that was that was a nice little bit. Um, What's your good thing? Um, My good thing is... There's a theme that goes through all of these books that's anti-nobility, anti-monarchy. What's that whole humanist? The humanist thing. Mm -hmm. And I could have sworn it started in Guards Guards where Vimes um, talks about hating kings and not wanting kings and all of that. But it really doesn't. It starts... There was a little bit that Colon talked about in... Yeah, uh, it felt out of place. Yeah, it was weird having him say it. But in this, we have Vimes really, like, hitting home with that. So he talks about how, yes, you can have a good king. You can have one good benevolent dictator. But you'd better hope that his second command is is also a good man Mm -hmm. because he is going to be one heartbeat away from the throne. And you'd better hope that all of the people they trust to enact their things mm-hmm. are also good people. And you better hope the heir is a good person. And it's just it's just not tenable. Right. And so we talk a lot about that humanistic, that anti-monarchy um, stuff here. And we also get the first mention of old uh, uh, Stoneface. Stoneface Vimes, yes. who is the guard captain like Vimes uh-huh. who killed the last king which was like Lorenzo the kind yeah uh, and by the kind it meant torturer well, and, and the child people, murderer the people rose up and demanded that he be killed but nobody could bring themselves to, to like actually bring the axe down and he was the only one mm-hmm. who would do it and then I believe they executed him for being a, yeah. a, a king it's, killer it was a, this is the yeah. whole thing with like Oliver Cromwell mm-hmm. or something like I'm not super familiar with my like very very old English mm-hmm. history but isn't that essentially what happened with I them I don't remember they tried to 
get rid of the king for about five minutes and it went real bad. Yeah, and uh, in this world and in like real life, people think that kings are somehow, kings and queens and the royalty yeah. are somehow special. Yeah. They have a special destiny and a special power and all of that. Yeah. And um, so to depose one, even an evil one, yeah. is... Uh, like not it's simply not done yeah be and cursed and like we said ostensibly the the plot mm-hmm. is the, the to use this gone mm-hmm. which is the, their ver- the discworld version of leonardo da vinci leonard mm-hmm. decorum mm-hmm. invents a gun and um this guy gets a hold of it mm-hmm. and really like i said that character dies about halfway through he barely appears after the first little bit it's it's not really about that but that's what sort of drives the, the beginning pl- yeah is I, like, I kind of like it because oh me too because sometimes terry pratchett does this thing where he brings in a villain and he sort of forgets about them midway through that was written into this yeah no he was murdered yeah and uh they uh, terry pratchett says like after he gets the gone it's it doesn't matter. It doesn't the, matter. The villain He's, is the gun. Yeah, the villain's the gun. Guns mm. kill people. Yeah. Um, there's some very good stuff about that mm-hmm. as well. And so uh, there, there's a line that he says, like, um, Edward de Eth, uh died when he picked up the gun. Mm-hmm. Something else called Edward de Eth, like, wandered lived around for a while, and yeah. lived for a while. But he, at that point, he was dead. Yeah. No, that was very good. And so it didn't matter that there wasn't a true villain. It was, right. like, it was but, basically man versus gun. Right. But what uh, what what drove him uh, initially was he wanted to kill the patrician and restore Karen, mm-hmm. and Karen doesn't want any part of that. And we learn unequivocally that Carrot is the king. Yes. The rightful king of Ankh-Morpork, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, he lays it out with graphs and mm-hmm. charts and pictures and everything. Yeah, there's pictures of people from his family that look uh, like him. There's historical reference, the sword, the crown-shaped birthmark, all of it. The book says, no, Carrot is the king. Yeah, and at the end, there's this whole wonderful scene between him, him and Vetinari where mm-hmm. he's like... Uh, I'm not gonna. I, I I'm going to ask that you do these mm-hmm. things, and Vetinari knows what that means. Mm-hmm. He knows if if I don't do this, maybe he will be the king. Maybe if I just acquiesce, then this will be this. And there is a bit of a threat to it because Carrot mm-hmm. says he doesn't want people to follow him, and he doesn't think that people should follow no. uh, Corporal Carrot because Corporal Carrot is good at being obeyed, mm-hmm. um, and he doesn't buy into the whole king thing either because right. Vimes has sort of talked him out of it. Like him and Vimes have a conversation and Vimes right. is like, yeah, no, you, <laughs> yep. kings are kings are pointless. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. And uh, Carrot trusts very much in what Vimes says. Yep. But he does say to the patrician because Carrot sort of learns how to threaten in this book. Mm-hmm. Listen, there is no king, but they do say in a time of need, uh-huh. the king will show up. So, like, maybe make sure there's not a time of need and do all this stuff for the guards. Yep. Well, we definitely need to talk about Carrot some more. But while we're on Vimes, let's just let's just sort of go over the, the, the different things with him. Because... Uh, so he gets married to Sybil. Yeah, that's this. sort of looming yeah. over. And the, one of the nice counterpoints to all his anti-royalist stuff mm-hmm. is he's about to become nobility. Mm-hmm. He's about to marry into the richest family mm-hmm. in the city. And then at the end of the book, he's also knighted. Mm-hmm. So, and this will be a continuing thread, slight spoilers, I guess. He hates all of this, mm-hmm. and he's part of it. And Sybil pushes him into it because she thinks he's a good man who can do good things. Yeah, she even straight up mm-hmm. says, like, well, if they're terrible, then why don't you fix it? You're one of us yeah. now. And uh, Vetinari threatens and cajoles and pushes him into it, too, because Vetinari knows that Vimes is good for the city, and that's all that Vetinari cares about. Mm-hmm. 
and there's some very good vines the cops cop things before he goes away like like i say he he steps back to let the other ones sort Mm -hmm. of uh take center stage but for the first little bit like that nari has this great scene where he forbids them to investigate Mm -hmm. and then drops a couple of hints Mm -hmm. that he didn't have like gives him more information than he he already had you're forbidden to investigate the theft of from the assassin's guild vimes had only suspected to that Mm -hmm. point and then he knew and that that's now he knows there's a crime and that Nari in later books will realize how to play Vimes. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time he's sort of, oh, and he oh, actually, this is a blunt instrument. I just need to point it this way and it will get taken care of. In this one, actually, uh, it's weird seeing that Nari make mistakes mm-hmm. because in this book and in some of the previous books, he he makes errors in judgments and yeah. he tries things that don't work. And later on, he becomes basically infallible. Yeah. Um, and in this, he pushes Vimes a little too far and Vimes just crawls into a bottle. Yeah. And he says, whoops, I, I took it just a little too far. Yep. And and later that will not happen. Like he understands. And I've, I, I just read that as at first he didn't see Vimes value at mm-hmm. all. And now he does, but he doesn't know quite how mm-hmm. to handle it. And now he completely knows. How yeah. To handle it. By it's the next just, book, I think he pretty much yeah. knows how to handle yeah, him. He does. And we get some great Vimes, the detective. Mm-hmm. We get some great um, Vimes gets when, when, when he's, got it figured out Mm -hmm. and he's got to push through a bunch of people and take care of it he gets this wonderful manic Mm -hmm. sort of like that's how it's described as manic he just like pushes everyone away with a big grin and like excuse me i'm Mm -hmm. going to go enforce the law nosy person coming through yes it's all very good do you want to um i think you were going to read a quote about the boots uh oh well that's actually my quote i think uh is it my quote i don't know there's so many there's so that many was one you quotes. talked about reading, and it it's talking... there. There are two that I chose, and yeah. I'm just gonna read them both because they're both. Read very this good. one because I want to talk about this. This one. is a famous like. There's there's two that I can think of. There's many, but there's two that I can think of that people Lots. come back to. Yes, all the time with this world, like just really good commenting on mm-hmm. life. There's a Granny Weatherwax one from a forthcoming mm-hmm. book, and there's this one. The reason that the rich were so rich, Fimes reasoned, was because they managed to spend less money. Take Boots, for example. He earned $38 a month plus allowances. A really good pair of leather boots cost $50, but an affordable pair of boots, which were sort of okay for a season or two and then leaked like hell when the cardboard gave out, cost about $10. Those were the kind of boots Vimes always bought and wore until the soles were so thin that he could tell where he was in Ankhmore Pork on a foggy night by the feel of the cobbles. But the thing was that good boots lasted for years and years. A man who could afford $50 had a pair of boots that would still be keeping his feet dry in 10 years' time, while a poor man who could only afford cheap boots would have spent $100 on boots in the same time and would still have wet feet. This was the Captain Samuel Vimes boots theory of socioeconomic unfairness. Oh, it's so good! And we can all relate to some aspect Mm -hmm. of that. If I just had a little more money, I would have even more money. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing, is if you have enough to get by and have a little extra, you're in so much better shape. And that's one of the ways that the bastards grind you down. Yeah. And Vimes understands that, and Terry Pratchett understands that. And he says it in such terms. In, in, in a lot of books, you read a section that's clearly the author grinding an axe. Yeah. And that's fine, and that's the author's voice and you all get to that. Write a, you get to write a book, put it in your soapbox. But... but it can be very jarring when you're reading it when suddenly you lose the character voice and you're like, oh, so for the next three pages, I'm just listening to the author. Yeah. Um, this was very in character for Vimes. Mm-hmm. It was very clear. It was very succinct. Mm-hmm. And 
it got this very complicated idea across in like a paragraph. It's just a perfect piece of writing. Yeah, it is. And it'll come up again in different ways. Like, it's not like he's like, oh, I mm-hmm. came up with a good thing. I'm going to mm-hmm. run it into the ground. No, he just comes up with sort of different angles on it. And, and it's Vimes, Social Justice Warrior, which is one of my favorite things about Vimes. Why I love him mm-hmm. so much. And we get a lot of like the old inflexible men not mm-hmm. wanting this, like him and Colin specifically, just like, I don't I don't want a dwarf and a troll mm-hmm. and a werewolf. Come on. But these become the most valuable, like Cuddy's dead, mm-hmm. but the other two become the most some of the most valuable people in the watch. And like I'm not gonna spoil specifics, but in the next one he's gotta bring in something else. And mm-hmm. he's like, ugh, one of them. And then in the next one, he's like, oh, mm-hmm. you're great. Oh, and now we get to bring him and just keeps going like that. And eventually he just sort of gives in and he's like, well, it's worked every other time. Yeah. And it's nice. That's one of the things I love about mm-hmm. him is he is old and inflexible and and kind of wrongheaded, mm-hmm. but he changes. And I love that so much. And speaking of the bastards who, who drag us down, mm-hmm. uh, police are those. But if you have more people of different types in the police yeah it's one it's nice for other people to see because they can see the representation yeah you get more and that's a big point that comes up a lot if if there's troll riots you send Mm -hmm. detritus you do not send cuddy or Mm -hmm. or colon or somebody and in in later books um vetinari talks about how he likes having uh new types of people in the watch because it gets the city used to seeing that type of person around but that type of person is also protected by the umbrella of the watch, so right. they're less likely to get stabbed in an alley. Right. People get used to seeing them and seeing them in authority, and it's part of an institution. Well, and this is the book where the marginalized night watch becomes the full-blown city watch. Oh, yeah, the day watch fucking sucks, huh? Yeah, at one point they take over, and yeah. it's just like, ugh, and they just arrest the yeah. first troll they see because racism. Yep. And... Mayonnaise quirk. Mm-hmm. But, oh. but by the end of the book, he's gone. Yeah. And... The the watch is going to take on what is it fifty six mm-hmm. people in like five watch houses and mm-hmm. like it's a whole thing now, which this is really sort of the transition book for that. And we said this last time, but really, it's a fantasy because it's a world that swims through space on the back of a giant mm-hmm. turtle. It's also a fantasy because the police are good. Yeah, and that's I I don't want to like harp on that every time, but I do. I, I don't like we've we've seen some stuff that really glorifies the police and particularly yeah. in this day and age it's like oh god no this is not like, like a bootlicker thing yeah this is no just like this is in a fantasy setting mm-hmm. this makes sense and you can say a lot about the city and mm-hmm. about society through this uh but I think that's enough about Vimes given that he's not so in it many that much. yeah so many other characters sort of take uh center stage but Here's a nice sort of transition from him to mm-hmm. Angua because the, my the other quote that I I couldn't choose between the two of these, uh, and this is this is sort of about both of them. Uh, where is my quote? It's in the it's it's in the book. Yes, thank you. Look ah. in look in a book. Here we go. He um, so he's sort of passed out. Mm-hmm. He's just he's he's he like, crawled it like he he uh this is after. Um, that Nari was, goes too far. Yeah, and he was told he's going to have to retire. And he just shuts and, down. Yep. And so he's they're, drunk. They're trying to wake him up. Mm-hmm. They're trying to like going through his stuff, and and uh, Angua picks up a book that's that's in his his uh, very Spartan quarters. Uh, Carrot says that belongs to the captain. She opened the book and read a few lines. Her mouth dropped open. Will you look at this? No wonder he has any. He never has any money. 
What do you mean? He spends it on women. You wouldn't think it, would you? Look at this entry. Four in one week. Carrot looked over her shoulder. On the bed, Vimes snorted. There on the page in Vimes' curly handwriting were the words. Mrs. Gaskin, Mincing Street, $5. Mrs. Skurrick, Treacle Street, $4. Mrs. Maroon, Wixen Alley, $4. Annabelle Curry, Lob Sneaks, $2. Annabelle Curry couldn't have been much good for only $2, said Angua. She was aware of a sudden drop in temperature. I shouldn't think so, said Carrot slowly. She's only nine years old. One of his hands gripped her wrist tightly. The other prized the book out of her fingers. Hey, let go! Sergeant, shouted Carrot over his shoulder. Can you come up here a minute? Angua tried to pull away. Carrot's arm was immovable as an iron bar. There was a creak of Colin's foot in the stair and the door swung open. He was holding a very small cup in a, in a pair of tongs. Nobby got the cough, he began and stopped. Sergeant, said Carrot, staring into Angua's face. Lance Constable Angua wants to know about Mrs. Gaskin. Old Leggy Gaskin's widow. She lives in Mincing Street. And Mrs. Skurrick in Treacle Street takes in laundry now. Sergeant Colin looked from one to the other, trying to get a handle on the situation. Mrs. Maroon? That's Sergeant Maroon's widow. She sells coal, and how about Annabelle Curry? She still goes to the spiteful Sisters of Seven-Handed Sec Charity School, doesn't she? Colin smiled nervously at Angua, still not sure of what was happening. She's the daughter of Corporal Curry, but of course that was before your time. Angua looked up at Carrot's face. His expression was unreadable. They're the widows of coppers, she said. He nodded, and one orphan. It's a tough old life, said Colin. No pension for widows, see? And yeah, that's very long, mm -hmm. but it's so... Vimes is unconscious and it tells you so much about mm -hmm. him which i loved so much and the city and the job isn't taking care of these people so vimes makes sure that he does and he doesn't ask the patrician for the money mm -hmm. he doesn't make a fuss mm -mm. he just keeps a neat ledger privately under his bed mm -hmm. and this this newcomer comes in and says "Ugh, what a what a horrible old man mm -hmm. no absolutely not he can be a little horrible he can but not in but this not way. But not in this case. I just, oh, that, that's another one that just like the tears started welling mm -hmm. up. I'm like, oh, God, he's so good. Yeah. But uh, Angua, that's not really representative of, of her character, I would say. It's just she's trying to figure him out. and you That's know. actually kind of my bad thing. Okay. Um, I never really warm up to Angua, which is surprising because she's a badass lady werewolf fighter. So in this book or... Ever, oh, okay. ever. I never really warm up to her. Okay. Um, she, firstly, in this book, she has the burden of why come only one girl? Yeah. Uh, because Sybil is in it for a few minutes. We have mention of Ruby. Yeah. I, we have mention of Ruby could be like yeah. a fucking cliche at this point. Yeah. Um, but that's pretty much it. There aren't any other women on the watch. We don't really want run into any other women. Mrs. Palm is mentioned, but mm -hmm. again, not not a whole lot there. Um, so that's a lot of weight to put on her shoulders. Mm -hmm. um, but I also feel like Terry Pratchett never really has a handle on her character. We never really have an in. She's just sort of a world-weary sigh who loves Carrot, and that's pretty mm. much it. No, I, I disagree. Yeah. It's... I think it feels cliched to you because you've read so many stories about werewolves. But to me, her whole thing is the conflict between the two worlds mm -hmm. is she's not quite human. She's not quite a dog. She's got some great scenes with Gaspode, like who is a person she can talk mm -hmm. to. Love that the only good thing about moving pictures is back. Yep. There's some really good stuff. with And Gaspode, he's got his magic power of speech back. Which, yeah. Yeah. Which comes up. Um, and a lot of stuff with the city dogs. Mm -hmm. There is a dogs guild. Mm -hmm. Which is run by Mad Fido. Big Fido. Big Fido, excuse me. Who is like uh, basically... A dog, crazy poodle. Dogs of the world unite. Well, I was, I was building mm -hmm. to that. 
because you see this group of stray dogs and they're all like you know like angry snarling mm-hmm. and the the craziest one of all the one that leads mm-hmm. them is a little poodle mm-hmm. but uh um and the only way gaspode in a, in a big action sequence the only way gaspode can defeat them and he warns them several times mm-hmm. look i've got the power don't make me mm-hmm. use the power i've got the power and he says bad dog and they all just like ah! drop and whimper yep. oh it's so good but She's got lots of good scenes with him, I think, and a lot of good conflict comes from, well, you could just run with the dogs. Mm-hmm. Just come with me. I'm not coming with you. Come on. I. But then she's also sort of pulled toward Carrot because he's Carrot. And the dog part of her responds to him and the woman part of him yeah. responds to him. Yeah. So she is in love with Carrot, but the werewolf part of her also well, loves him like a and, dog loves. And Gaspode says, yeah. look... Dogs are wolves that were domesticated. Mm-hmm. You are a wolf who can think like a human. So you're basically a dog. You're also You're a wolf who is domesticated. Yeah. And therefore, you respond to your master mm-hmm. and your brain has decided that that's carrot. Mm-hmm. And it's a little problematic, but it's also, I don't know, and I kind of like it. If this was spread out, if she wasn't the only woman, mm-hmm. that would be less problematic. Mm-hmm. Um, but she is. And so that's the only... But I like her That's torn it. between two worlds thing. I honestly felt like she had a better conflict. Like, I know more about her and I, I understand more mm-hmm. about her struggle than I do about Nobby and Colin, for instance. But those guys are meant to be comedy characters. Like, they're yeah, meant okay. to be sort of a... All right. Or even Cuddy. Mm-hmm. Like, I would say she's like the fourth most well-rounded character in the book. I just feel like there's not, like, besides the fact that she is a werewolf, which is where this conflict is coming from... But again, that's, you've read a million books about werewolves, so that's probably old hat to you. But to me, it's like new and interesting. But there's not much there character-wise. It's just a thing that she is. I guess. I don't know. I think she's like, that's her, she's conflicted. Yeah, there's just a, I never found that much depth there. And There's not a lot of depth. And but we don't get know. much, As it's not one of those times where he starts out something here and we get more as we go. Uh, there, there's, there's never, I just I never find She goes home at one point. She goes home and she's mostly not in that book. I think you're it, wrong, but we'll get to yeah. that when we get to that. I don't know. I, I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed her. Um, so we'll just have to, uh, we will disagree. Disagree to agree. I disagree with you. Yes. I also proclaim my disagreement. But I, I I did like all the stuff with mm-hmm. the dogs. And again, fleshing out the mm-hmm. world. There's a beggar's guild. Mm-hmm. There's one of the things that's done really well. And again, I say this as someone who has reviewed all of Star Trek. And Star Trek could take a page from this. Mm-hmm. A lot of science fiction could take a page from this. Is making us see things from the POV of other cultures or oh, subcultures. yeah. The way a dwarf, like, there's a, there's a dwarf killed by mm-hmm. the gun. And... Uh, uh, what is it, Vimes? It's Vimes. Yeah, it's Vimes. wants to use one of the tools. Yep. And Carrot's like horrified. He's like, that, it's like asking you to use someone's arm. Mm-hmm. You don't, like, a dwarf's tools you is, wanna are touch his. his. You want to touch his tools? That's not. Are you some kind of pervert? Don't yeah, touch another exactly. person's tools. And Ugh. then later we deal with the Fool's Guild mm-hmm. and about how when they make their clown face, mm-hmm. that's their real face. Mm-hmm. And there's some confusion as far as the the corpse that they're investigating is because missing his nose. And they're like, what do you mean his red nose? No, his real nose. Like, And there's some good stuff where Angua is trying to explain 
well, couldn't someone else use this clown's makeup? And he just doesn't understand what you're saying. And she's and- like, no, but what if a young clown who is making a mistake did their face up wrong to look like another clown? Why would you want to do that? And just he's like, oh, no, you gross. Yeah, get out nasty. of here. You're going to talk don't, like don't that. Don't talk like that here. Yeah. And it's it's just, it's so good. And, and the way mm-hmm. dogs think in a lot of mm-hmm. ways. I love, I mean, you know, I'm a dog person. Mm-hmm. I love dogs. And I love all the Gaspod stuff, and I love all the the stray dog stuff. Like it's all their their point of view is still relatable and funny and interesting, but also different, alien, mm-hmm. like different because they're a different species from humans. And, and just like the know. counting thing, like yeah, with exactly with detritus, where there's so much of yep. that, and everyone who's from a different culture or subculture feels like they are from different. They're not just a different flavor mm-hmm. of a straight white male mm-hmm. standard issue stock character from everything. Mm-hmm. And it's nice. Like I really and enjoy what's that. the point of world building and making a Yeah, if everyone's, just, if everyone's just shades the of the same thing. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's the joy of doing it and that's the yeah. joy of world building. And populating this world with mm-hmm. everything. And there's so many little just little things mm-hmm. that I love. Like there's there's Leonard DeCorm is delightful. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he doesn't understand all the designs that he's making could be used for bad. Well, it was just an exercise. It's I don't a thought know. experiment. No one would ever actually use this. Yeah, the gun was just like a doodle. Mm-hmm. It was like, I don't know. I was reading about fireworks and mm-hmm. suddenly it occurred to me you could make this thing. And I, I like also that Leonard couldn't destroy it because it was so clearly a made thing. Yes. Like it was such a, a designed thing. And yes. the patrician couldn't destroy it because it was too perfect. So he gave it to the assassins to Who destroy. Who also couldn't destroy it. Because, yeah. No, that's all That's all very good. Um, and also, I like Leonard. Um, the patrician won't kill him because the same reason, because he's yeah. a unique, beautiful genius. And all he, like, he puts him in prison with paper and pencil, mm-hmm. and he's happy. Yep, it's a light, airy room that yeah. no one can come in and bother he's him. He's got a courtyard where he can go out and exercise. Yep. And... He just gets endless supplies of paper mm-hmm. and paper and uh, building supplies and all that, so he can just do where he wants. So yeah. for him, he's, so he's in, in heaven. He's in a dungeon, mm-hmm. effectively, mm-hmm. but he doesn't care. He's mm-hmm. in a workshop. He wouldn't leave anyway. I, I can relate to that. <laughs> uh, my favorite quote about him is actually from a different book, mm-hmm. so I will hold off because that will probably. Oh, it's be such my a good quote. quote. Yeah, you know the one I'm talking about. Yeah, I know about. exactly what you're talking about. It's very good. There's, there's, but again, so many little like. And then there's sort of his opposite number, uh, Bloody Stupid Johnson. Mm-hmm. Oh, is this the first time we yes. hear about Bloody Stupid Johnson? Yes. Who has built various things around the city mm-hmm. that do not work as advertised. He makes a um, like a, a fish pond that is, or a trout pond that is like a mile long, but only an, an inch, inch wide. Yeah. yeah. So it, it houses one trout, which does fine as long as he doesn't have to turn around. Yep. Lots of stuff, stuff like, like that. that. Yeah, uh, there's some monuments that are made to the wrong scale, so they're about yeah. the size of a pea. Yeah, it's like the Stonehenge and Spinal yeah. Tap. This is very good, and it's just one of those background details. Mm-hmm. It's not important. It's just nice to flesh things it out. Fills the city out and makes it feel like a place. And I am reminded that Vimes and Sybil's butler mm-hmm. is named Willikins, yep. which is a character that uh, I have uh, developed in a series of sketches, audio plays, and a video game. Very good, sir. Very good. And uh, did not occur to me that the co-creator of this character stole the name from Terry Pratchett, Mm -hmm. so thanks, Matt. (laughs) 
I would have called him something else if I'd remembered that. Too late now. It is far too late now. And we get a lot more Willikins later on. He's a he very is. enjoyable character. Oh, he he's is. Just, he's just sort of butlery in this one. Yes, and he's very different from, from our Willikins. Yeah. So. Uh, the Adventures of Nick and Willikins is free on Steam if you want to check it out. That's just, real good. A little, little plug there. Um, but yeah, again, all the, all, the little, all the little world building was just so delightful. We even got a little bit of um, uh, Cut Me On Throat Dibbler, and mm-hmm. he didn't wear out his welcome. He was in it for like a scene and a half, and it was just exactly enough. Exactly right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is funny because he's always there to exploit the new thing. And then, like, in this case, oh, okay, I'm going to, like, we're, we're catering to dwarfs and trolls mm-hmm. now. I will literally cater to dwarfs and yep. trolls now. I will sell rat on a stick, and I will sell whatever rock thing mm-hmm. that trolls eat. Pumice, nice pumice. This is... This that's is, somehow stale. This is the way the wind is blowing, so this is where I will, like, try to make money. And it's only about a page and a half, and then he, like, is crushed by what happens. And mm-hmm. then in the next scene, he's, like, part of the angry mob, and that's it. Yep. Like, it's it's quick. Like, I don't even get sick of him, and I hate him. <laughs> There's just so many, like the whole, every part of the city is so fun and interesting to me. Death shows up in this one and he's trying out jokes because he's trying to be more of a people person. Yeah, that's a good runner. Yeah. Knock, knock. It's very good. Uh, what else? Um, Let me do, uh, I want to do my quote. So oh, I yes. Well, I've read about half the book, so yeah. why don't you now read I'm, the I'm going to read the other half of the book. This mm-hmm. is our audio book. Mm-hmm. And this is talking about Edward de F, the sort of villain. Mm-hmm. It was said later that he came under bad influences at this stage, but the secret history of Edward de F was that he came under no outside influences at all, unless you count all those dead kings. He just came under the influence of himself. That's where people get it wrong. Individuals aren't naturally paid-up members of the human race, except biologically. They need to be bounced around by the Brownian motion of society, which is a mechanism by which human beings constantly remind each other they are, well, human beings. Yeah. That's it. Yep. Very good. And that's just more of the, the humanist stuff. Humans need to be human as hard as they can. Mm-hmm. Now, every character in this feels so fleshed out and unique and, and interesting that we could have, like, every now and then we just go off on a tangent for a few pages, and I'm, I'm so pleased. Uh, we haven't really talked about Carrot much, and that's sort of the main story. Mm-hmm. So let, let's talk about that. Like, everyone is, like, he's only a corporal. Like, yes. he's he's risen from Lance Corporal in the previous book. But everyone's like, who's going to take over when Vines retires? Well, Colin doesn't want it. Also, Col- Colin would not be good at it. No, he wouldn't, but yeah. he also doesn't want mm-hmm. it. And Carrot is... I mean, yes, everyone thinks he's charismatic mm-hmm. and a good leader, but he's a corporal. And well, the next most senior, <laughs> the next most senior guy is Nobby. He's never even in the running. Yeah, no, they mentioned it a couple. Like, yeah. I guess Nobby. No. Yeah. No, there's actually a nice little sequence where Vimes is talking to Vetinari, and every time a new candidate is brought up, we cut to that character mm-hmm. for a minute, and then we cut back, which is a nice device. But it's so clear Carrot is destined to lead, but he's only been there mm-hmm. like it's only been a few months since the the dragon book it hasn't been that long but as vimes fades into the background and carrot comes to the foreground colin starts referring to him as sir and at first it's by accident and he corrects himself and then well he first he starts turning to him for like what do you think we should do and mm-hmm. then he like ah i'm the sergeant here let's do what you said and then that slowly then, fades sir, out too and then it just becomes when when yep. the uh the the uh uh, militia mm-hmm. is called 
he's just the leader and he's everyone just in charge it. of it yeah and then you have characters who say they'll only follow carrot yes that's the only person they take orders one of from. The, one of the great throwaway scenes that mm-hmm. could have been cut from the book and would not have made a damn bit of difference, but was so good, was when they're conscripting people mm-hmm. and the town crier. Mm-hmm. That's very good. It's just all his lines are written the way death's lines are mm-hmm. written in all caps. I'll only take orders from Captain mm-hmm. Carrot. It's, it's mm-hmm. very good. Just It's nothing. It doesn't lead anywhere. It's, it's funny, just, though. It's here's just a, a funny, here's nice Here's a page touch. of funny, yeah. Um... But yeah, he and like you say, he learns how to threaten. He learns not really how to lie, but how to get other people to lie. Oh, and, and there's a sequence here where he's ordered if the uh, oh, the if, if the guild leader says you need to go, then he has to pack up and go. Yeah, and Colin stop asking says that questions. is my order as your sergeant. Yep. And so he goes in and he says, "You need to tell me these answers." And the guild leader says, "Well, what'll happen if I don't?" And Carrot says, "Well." I'll have to obey the order that I was given, and I really don't want to do that. Uh huh. Which is literally true. He that's, doesn't. That's my kind of lie right mm-hmm. there. I love it. Yeah, it's so good, and I completely buy him mm-hmm. as this charismatic. Like, it's it's a it's a real show don't tell thing. Like they talk about how he's charismatic, but we see so many Charisma. examples of it. He's constantly going around the city. He knows who everyone is. Mm-hmm. He goes to the museums on his day off. Like he knows everything about and he knows the, city. the city. Yes. He knows everything about it. He knows all the people in it. And he, he loves knows it all and the he streets. Cares about it mm-hmm. so much. And there's this bit where he keeps talking about this this comes up a bunch of times when it's relevant. Uh do, do you know where the word policeman comes from? It comes mm-hmm. from the old word for polis, which means city. It means man of the city. Mm-hmm. Uh Elspace helpfully pointed out that that's not true in our world. Uh, okay, but this isn't our world. It's Discworld, so shut up. Like, no. who cares? And when he's talking to the patrician at the end, the patrician says, well, do you know where the word politician comes from? Yes. Because they come at it from very different yes. places, yes. but the patrician and Carrot both love the city so much. The city is yes. the thing. And I love the bit at the end, we've talked about this a little bit, where it's basically the two of them carving up the future of mm-hmm. the city, like deciding right there, like, yeah, Vimes is going to be in charge, but not if this scene hadn't happened. Mm-hmm. These two never really come to, like, come at odds at one another. It's just like Carrot says, I think this is what's right. And Vetinari says, yeah, all right. <laughs> and Vetinari is very practical. Yes. Like, the fact no, that... No, that's his yeah, entire thing. Carrot's making these suggestions, and if they wouldn't work, Vetinari wouldn't do them. Yes. But Carrot's never going to be king, but mm-hmm. also he might as well be. Yeah. Because everything... That happens. This is a tiny spoiler, I suppose. All of the things that they set into motion here will make the city a better place. And in a way, it's fulfilling the prophecy because a king does come in the city's time of need and, and make saves everything it. better. Yep. Yep. No, but without it. falling into the traps of the monarchy. Yep. No, I I love all of that. I mean, it is still kind of a monarchy because Vetinari is the absolute tyrant. Yeah. But also, not. but he also lets most things happen. Yeah. He doesn't try and stop people from doing things as long as no, it doesn't but on, hurt the city. But on paper, he's their absolute mm-hmm. dictator. And he makes it clear that he is. And he, if he ever needs to play that card, he does. Yep. But in in practice, you're right. There's also a lot of talk about um, Carrot being simple but not stupid. Yes. And the difference, oh, I love that. The difference between the two. Yes. No, that's all very good. No, I, I like that a lot. And Vetinari's felt sort of not quite the way I remembered him mm-hmm. in the previous couple of books, but now he's he's fully there. Like I say, I 
feel like right now Vetinari is fallible. He can make mistakes and he doesn't read people perfectly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think in the next book he's completely there, like where he's just this. Yeah. Well, I read it as an arc. Mm-hmm. I read it as first he thought Vimes was useless. Mm-hmm. Then he saw his value but didn't quite know how to handle him. And then he knows completely how to handle him. Or as Terry Pratchett would say, it's Vetinari written, written by a stupider author. Well, he's Yeah, he said that a couple <laughs> of times. No, I love... I love the 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 quote that uh, he's he's simple but he's not stupid mm-hmm. because uh, carrot because that really that sums him up so well, so effectively. He's very clear in his intentions and his motives, and carrot always knows why carrot is doing the things that he is doing. Yes, um, and he doesn't try and trick people into doing things. If he oh. wants something, he just says it, and people respond to that. Yep. Uh, all of that said, I am very surprised that he and Angua boned down. They I forgot that that totally happened. totally boned down. I thought they dithered about boning down for books and books. Nope. Uh, that's a Gaspode using the power again. Yes, he would, he, would, he would often say a thing and people subconsciously absorb it because dogs can't talk, so I must have thought that. Woof, woof. Yes. So bark, bark, he says, who's a good doggy. But all he says is kiss her. Mm-hmm. He, he doesn't tell him to do any of the other stuff. No, but, but then that... the springs go glowing. Yeah, and the world moves for... The disc moves. The disc moves, yes. Yes. No, that's that's very good. But no, they totally super bone down in this. Yep. Which, given how earnest and mm-hmm. almost childlike he is, kind of surprised me. But mm-hmm. also he's described as being this, this hunk of chiseled mm-hmm. man. Like, good for him. Good for her. Good for both of them. Good for them. I'm glad some sex is happening mm-hmm. for these people. Uh, what else? Oh, well, we've got our pune. Ah, do you want to do that now? I will do our pune. Very well. This this is a double whammy here. Oh, so good. Uh-huh. Fingers Mazda, the first thief in the world, stole fire from the gods, but he was unable to fence it. It was too hot. He really got burned on that deal. So this is a footnote that it, it then itself had a footnote. The footnote to the footnote is he really got burned on that deal. That is good use of his dumb device. We got uh, a sort of a double groaner. Like we were groaning mm-hmm. at the first part and then, and the, then the second part. Yeah, it was a one-two punch. Yes. It's a one-two pun. Yes. That was that was quite good. There was another one in the running that I also wanted to call attention to, though, which was uh, about Sybil's family. The Ramkins yeah. were more highly bred than a hilltop bakery. Mm-hmm. Highly bred. Very good. Yes. This one was really funny. It was. One of the funniest bits to me mm-hmm. was um, Cuddy at one point writes his report. Yes. And he writes it as a saga. It's oh, that, because there was there was a couple of different reports and Colon's was like um, badly. Like, too many commas. Too many commas. He's too fancy. Trying to use the fancy words because mm-hmm. he thinks that's what an officer wants to read. And the point of a sergeant is to to put it in plain language, and he doesn't he doesn't understand. No, that but then at all. yeah, Cuddy's, uh, and on that day, the day the sun shone brightly upon us, mm-hmm. and we made forth onto da 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 da. It was all oh, so yeah. good. It was so Captain, funny. I'm, I, I, Captain Vimes, herewith is the chronicle of me, Lance Constable Cuddy. Yes, bright was the morning, and high high our hearts when we proceeded to the Alchemist Guild, and so on and so oh, on. Oh, it's so, so good. Yeah, it goes on for not too long, just long mm-hmm. enough to be funny, and not so long that it wears out its welcome. Just just another funny bit. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, around this time, mm-hmm. uh, I think it was about a year after, uh, is when uh, Twin Peaks mm-hmm. aired. There's a couple of very specific digs at that, mm-hmm. like. Because we all fell in love with Agent Cooper in 1990 or whenever it was. And there's a couple of, like, you can tell Terry Pratchett loves it. Right. But he's like, okay. Uh, he asks for 
coffee is black as the, the moonless night, mm-hmm. the, the sky on a moonless night. And the diner guy just goes, but so not very. Yeah. Wait. But if there's no moon, there could still be stars. Mm-hmm. And what kind of clouds? And it's just that literal thing. It was very good. There was another there's another bit as well that I don't remember. But, uh, you know, make and- it as chicken as a chicken chicken. Yeah. Very good. Yep. We had the um, the Guild of Fools back mm-hmm. in this one, mm-hmm. and I have loved his Guild of Fools stuff this whole like yeah the since whole Weird thing. Sisters. Yep, and uh, there's yeah, it's a, more of the just they're so miserable. They're just miserable, and they're doing things that they think they have to. Mm-hmm. And there's a great bit where Carrot's doing some investigating there, and he says they could hear him moving around in the gloom. It was the assassin's gloom, somehow richer and less gloomy than the clown's gloom. Yep. No, they're all they're all just miserable there, which is which is very good. Uh, so I think that's about it. You did not give your bad thing, didn't I? You didn't. Oh uh, well, nothing. No, you, Literally nothing. You can't. That's not the exercise. Yeah, I know. I know. I this happens sometimes on our Star Trek show mm-hmm. when we use that same device. It's like, well, sometimes things are really great, or sometimes they're so bad there's no good thing. Ah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess some of the male gazy stuff with Angua wasn't the best. Like, there's some, oh god! Like, it's okay that she's got this animal magnetism. Mm-hmm. It's okay that like she's supposed to be just beautiful yeah, and like. I mean, they, there's a lot of stuff yeah. about how Carrot is like mm-hmm. jaw droppingly gorgeous as well. They're supposed to be a match. Like, yeah. there's she's supposed to be. Yeah, like she's a not huge, out of her league or anything. She's supposed to be a huge warrior woman type, yeah. giant hair, strong like. Yeah. Busty, yeah, because like they have to change the armor for it. Yeah, but there's a couple of bits where it just gets a little too Mm -hmm. much, and it made me a little uncomfortable, which means it must have made you extremely uncomfortable. Uh, it no, it wasn't very, and and it's not very funny. Yeah, either. Yeah, like it's pretty played out stuff. Yeah, which is too bad because so many like sort of uh, stock jokes that Mm -hmm. you've seen in a million things are done in a way that are kind of interesting and unique here, or or at least fit in this world in a new way. And that, yeah, it was just, uh, and we're going to have to do something about that bow. Because, mm-hmm. you know. Because it hits Amazon's, her in the tits. Yeah, exactly. It hits, it hits her in the tits. Yeah, that's Because her bad. tits are so big, it uh-huh. hits them. Yeah. It's, it's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. And I like her. Like, I know we, we disagree on yeah. her characterization. But, but that part was, like, a little much. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get some more women in the watch. So that's, that's at least going to go away yeah at least one more that i can think no at least two more two that more I can think of. yep maybe more but two named ones for yeah sure. two two big actual characters yeah um and i think that's it so for our cliche count mm-hmm. uh really light on pretty much all of them uh one quantum one something that happens to other people mm-hmm. which is again the correct amount yep you gotta use your dumb running joke Once. one time no surreptitious no susurations there were a few gingerlies there were three of those but this is that's very light for him yeah yes. That is. I mean, that's still a, such a specific was, adjective that you should... It was a gingerly use of gingerly. Adverb, I guess. The funny thing is I don't really know what gingerly means, even ever though he uses so, it Ever so delicately. Times. Yeah. All right. So that's it for this time. Next time... Grades. Uh, do we have to? Because you're just going to give a dumb nonsense Yes, thing. I am. What? What is it? A-B-A. Spelled like the B. What does that mean? Just a regular A. Okay. It was very good. I gave it an A+. Mm-hmm. And it it's, would not be the last one I no, gave. No. This is one of the best books so far. Yeah. I just, I had a big grin on my face for most of the time, mm-hmm. like, and it brought me to tears a few times, and just, and there's so much, 
set up for later books, mm-hmm. which I shouldn't count as part of the grade, but I do. Like, ooh, I just wanted more and more the- and more and more, and I yes. didn't want it to be over. Yeah, me too. Very good. Uh, unfortunately, this is like the third book in a row that mm-hmm. we really loved. Mm-hmm. We had Small Gods. We had uh, the, the Last Witches yep. one, and, uh, Lords and Ladies, yep. and this one, three in a row. Next one, not as great as those. Uh, soul, soul music, music I find to be the least objectionable. Uh, no, that's actually not true. The second to least objectionable of his real world things in the fantasy Honestly, setting. the gun was that. The gun was very good. This is an example of how you do something from our mm-hmm. world corrupts the disc world. This is that element of moving pictures done correctly. Uh, and then we go it's back to soul music. It which wasn't is... about the gun. The no. gun was just a thing. What well, it, it changed the way people thought. Yeah. And it it could have changed everything, but it didn't change mm-hmm. it. It only changed the for the person holding it. Mm-hmm. It didn't sweep through the city and make wacky shit. No, everyone happen. wasn't like gaga no. for guns. It was specific to each character that mm-hmm. was holding it, which I think is the thing. But if, yeah, it was all very the, the book was character driven and this helped drive the plot, but it wasn't yeah. like But even the bit we had with uh is it Downey? No, Downey's the one who took over. The Cruthus? Crucis, yeah. Crucis. The uh the the assassin who mm-hmm. has the guy we get inside his head for mm-hmm. a second too, like and that's you know, that's pretty interesting. But soul music is Basically moving pictures, but now it's rock music mm-hmm. instead of uh, movies. It is better than moving pictures. It's I do better know because we have Susan in it. Yeah, who it introduces is, a new character, yeah. but we'll get to this when we get yeah. to it. I don't think that character's ever done justice. She's excellent, but I don't think she's in any books that I like. So I like Hogfather pretty Ugh, good. Christmas. But, I love Hogfather and I hate Christmas. But uh, those are, those, you know. That's that's what's that's what's next. Yeah. So uh And but, then it's interesting times. Uh I'm not sure. Not, I don't have the list oh, right whatever. in front of me. But uh we have a one or two more that we're not crazy mm-hmm. about, and then it's pretty much smooth sailing for a long ass mm-hmm. time. We got like ten or twelve books in a row that are just hit, 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 hit. So we're we're definitely through the rockiest part. There's yep. still a couple of dips, but but that's about it. Uh but that's all for this time. This has been a co-production of Ron Algar Watt and Amanda Smith for Algar Productions and Giant Black Albatross, copyright 2019. For referral archives, RSS feed, and more details about us, visit thedeathofpodcast.com. And for access to our show notes, bonus photos, advanced copies of episodes, and even the opportunity to pick something for us to review, consider a donation at patreon.com slash algar. That's A-A-L-G-A-R. Thanks for listening.